what is an archetype? Based on Jungian psychology, when used as a noun, it is an unconscious idea or pattern of thought that all humans share. For example, many cultures have similar ideas about what makes a hero or a queen. These ideas may be referred to as a stereotype. If you think about movies, books, television shows, or fairy tales and mythology, you will find archetypes represented in each of the characters. So how can archetypes help to understand yourself more fully from a spiritual perspective? Hi, I'm Andrea Neville. And I'm Jessica Paschke. We are psychic mediums who like to consider our spiritual experiences as adventures. We've discovered that sometimes the adventure is wonderful and unexpected, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable. So join us as we chat about spiritual adventures and answer your questions, giving you specific tools and practices you can use to navigate the journey with more confidence. Welcome to Adventures with Spirit. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Adventures with Spirit. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be so here again. It, it is. And it's been a ride. <laughs> it has been a ride. Look, I was just going to skip over all of that, Jessica. <laughs> but why? Just put your foot in it. <laughs> I know I did. I'm okay with that. I am currently recording from a one-bedroom apartment in Boston right now. So that's why my so sound isn't what it normally sounds like. Um, because my husband is going through um, brain cancer treatment. And so we had to very unexpectedly within like a couple days, um, move um, base up to Boston. Um, so we're enjoying the beautiful New England uh, summer and, um, and getting treatment up here. So it's, you know, it's been quite the ride. And it's actually mm -hmm. so relevant, right to the theme for season two. <laughs> Which makes me, uh, once again, think we should choose a different theme next we year. We should think about what we, It's also incredibly relevant to today, today's oh, episode is. that we're recording. And yep. I have permission, which I know you do too, from your husband to totally use him. Which we will. Because he's perfect. He is this. perfect for this. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right. So our subject today is archetypes. And you might wonder why. But let me just say. I love the subject of archetypes because, all right, so granted, I enjoy literature so much I used to teach it. So I nerd out a little bit, um, <laughs> but I, I do. I am fascinated by how archetypes show up in each of us and then influence us without us even being aware of them, mm -hmm. right? So I can't even think of being human because I think of movies or books or just being human and not think of archetypes. They go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So archetypal patterns are what make us who we are and carry us forward on our life path. Yeah, I think it's a really My fascinating kid. area to study, right? Yeah. Because I definitely see archetypes playing out in my life and my husband's life for sure right now. And I think it's easier honestly, to identify our own archetypes first, because it helps us put things in perspective and identify where we excel. And I'm going to put mm -hmm. in here too, when we work on ourselves first in terms of archetypes, we get the clarity, I think, that um, 
we get the clarity we need to understand that like archetypes aren't the end all be all right like because we can see places where they resonate for ourselves yes. but where they don't yes. quite fit and i think it helps us put things in perspective and and we can identify where we excel and of course it helps us wade into the shadow areas of our life but and that's really where that comes alive for me, for me personally, is the shadow areas, but that's how no, I, I, yeah, I agree. But I think mm -hmm. we can see that how they can also be not correct, right? And work against us at times in terms of like how we label people, how we describe people, view people, stereotype people, judge people, right? And I think if we do archetypes for ourselves first, that becomes really clear really fast, don't you think? You know, I do. And I also think it helps us understand, right? Helps right. us understand ourselves and maybe what some hidden influences are so that we can work with them in, in a, you know, conscious way. Because right. Right. Knowing that, that this is, helpful. you yes. know, yes. not the whole, like it's correct for some of it and it's not correct for other, other parts of it. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. So, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm talking about archetypes and spiritual understanding, understand those two going together, I have to reference Carolyn Mace. Yeah. So in her book, Sacred Contracts, she writes about archetypes and how they influence our soul contracts. Fascinating. Yeah. And it's super cool to me. Yeah. Right. To take my knowledge of archetypes from literature and look at it from a soul journey perspective. Well, you know, that's my jam too. I love um, looking at them yeah, in that's movies. That's why we have the theme. <laughs> I know, right? I did uh, take an archetype quiz the other day though, because I was curious, okay. you know what Tell I mean? Me. And, and I think it was interesting, maybe not spot on, but I feel like archetypes are more of a sit down and journal and ponder thing, <laughs> but, yes, but I, I could see some patterns rising up and I think the quiz was a good place to, you know, to start. So they had labeled me uh, an experience primary and explorer or like a pioneer, um, a spiritual or alchemist as a secondary. And like the third one was visionary. And like, you know, I totally, because this is my personality, jumped into the shadow side of it. I skipped over all the positive attributes and was like, where's the shadow category? <laughs> You know, because <laughs> um, I was curious for me, growth happens in the shadow. So that's the part I wanted to understand more clearly immediately. And I think it was really interesting because the explorer pioneer can be an escapist or a novelty mm. seeker, which I can see myself when I'm not my best self. I, I can I can be maybe not a novelty seeker, but I can totally be escapist. And and this was the one that was like zingy spot on. Explorers in their shadow side have a tendency to abandon their past and move on. And I am notorious for this. Like, I have to be really aware, but this is a pattern that comes up again and again, right? For me. But I can see where that can be helpful. Right. Well, I, mean, I know I, you're looking yeah. at it from the shadow, but to me, that's yeah. also a positive because sometimes we need to abandon the past and move on. Right. Well, it enables me to be an explorer because I, right. I can let go to go into new frontiers, right? Mm -hmm. you so know. see, there, there's a great example of how, it works for you and sometimes hinders you. Yes. Is how you feel about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the spiritual alchemist has the, um, like a concern for spiritual progress above all else, you know, like yes. making yourself more self-important than you are, or like attempting to reach higher seats of consciousness and not, I think lean into your human side, which I think I see a lot in our, in we our talking um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of, yeah. of work. And, um, 
And that is something I think when I first started out, that was my biggest challenge is to not be like spiritual all the time. Right. Cause I got okay. so excited about it, that that's all I wanted to do and all I wanted to talk about and all I wanted to, but as time has progressed, I realized that that is not healthy either. And that has, it's been years and years and years and years since I've been in that shadow, but, but that is something I see, I recognize. And I, I clearly learned from it. Learned from it. And, you know, that's what I find. So especially like when, how we met and all the other people that we met was really the first time that I learned so much about other people like us. I mean, I, yeah. listen, I I've had friends, like, I don't know, that's actually an incorrect statement, but, um, because spirit kind of taught me in my own bubble and I was smart enough to watch myself and pay attention, I didn't have, I didn't have input that kind of led me astray or confused me or filled my head. Like I had to stay very grounded and present in I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and that has to come first. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, I think it insulated me. Yeah. From diving head first. And then when right? you got further down the path, you could look back and say, oh, that is something that happens. And I'm really glad I didn't have to learn it from firsthand experience. Yes. I could learn it from observation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I became 100%. a good observer. 100%. So let's, um, we have so much to talk about, but let's talk about your wonderful husband because he is such <laughs> a good example. Yeah, he And he and my husband share a similar, share this archetype, but they, it shows up differently. Oh, I which can't is, wait. I can't wait to hear about. So my husband is a knight. Different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's he a great point. Knight. Archetypes are going to show up differently for everybody, but my husband yes. is definitely a knight for sure. Loves to go to battle for a cause. Oh my gosh. Very chivalrous, very service, service oriented, uh, no matter what. And, and that can flip into shadow expression sometimes as well. Um, very loyal. Um, that shadow side expression is, you know, helping others at the cost of yourself, right? Self-sacrifice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I see that play out again and again. And he's okay with us. I'm not talking about him. He's totally like, no, we go have at permission. it. <laughs> we have permission. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I see that and his job expresses that as well. That's what he does for a I was living. Gonna say, I mean, I'm not going to say, but I mean, in his job, he saves and rescues people. Like he's super cool. literally like literally that's what he does yeah yeah and so I know from a very early age he identified with this archetype because he has been obsessed with knights since he was super young like knights of the round table specifically like just interesting how we do that I think if each of us everybody listening even reflect back on what your interests and passions were growing up, I think it's a really good hint as to what your archetype is. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I think you it know? kind of, some of the arc, some of that shows up, I think early on. Sure. Um, but he, I mean, swords and shields, he would make them all the time out of like whatever he could <laughs> find. Like all of his childhood books are about knights, you know, all of his toys were knights and so castles and, you know, riding into it. Um, you know, all nights, all the time. What I think is absolutely hilarious about this archetype. Um, they love to protect the princess and he didn't marry one. <laughs> <laughs> so we sometimes bump up against that. But once again, 
archetypes being helpful in understanding how your relationship dynamics work, right? Like if mm-hmm. I understand that he's a knight and he's constantly wanting to rescue people and I don't need rescuing because I'm an explorer, at least then ah. I know like it has nothing to do with me, right? Like it's just the way that his his archetype is expressing itself and we can have a laugh and about how it. How yours is. Right. We can have yes. a laugh about it rather than have it turn into a thing in our relationship. Right. You know, I do rem- I do remind him. I'm like, I don't need saving. <laughs> Go find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, okay. So so I want to be a princess. So <laughs> he's my work husband. And yep. I get frustrated because I really don't fit the princess. You know, people want me to, you know, be more of the queen archetype. I have to be in charge of everything. But, yep. and I don't need saving, but I 100% can't open things. I can't, like, <laughs> good thing my husband has some night archetype as well, because I'm always just like, I can't, I can't do this. I couldn't open. There were three things I tried to, a yogurt container. I couldn't get it open last night. A bottle? I'm not kidding. I, I shouldn't. I, it was a rough night. I even stopped. I totally, I totally turning myself in. I stopped at one point and I was just like, I was such a Leo last night. I said, everything is just so hard. <laughs> I love you so much. My husband was just like, just ask me. I was like, I don't want to ask you. <laughs> I love that. So your husband can be my knight too. (laughs) I love it. He would love it. But you know, isn't that interesting though? Because explorers tend to be very independent and want to do everything themselves. Which I am, but not to open things. But his knight archetype really helps me not lean too far into that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a gentle reminder that I need to let people help me. And Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, and it's a gentle reminder to him that he doesn't need to save everyone. And I think that's a really yes. beautiful thing because while we don't maybe, while they're not, you know what I mean? Like if he'd married a princess, that power dynamic would be really off. It's almost like he needed a non-princess and I needed right. someone. Because it might go into codependency. Right. Right. If a right. knight marries a true, I'm not a true princess. I just pretend that I want to be. Um, <laughs> I have my moments, but um it's that's very true. That could really be. I wonder. Okay, so if you feel like you're in a codependent relationship, look at your look archetypes. at how archetypes are playing. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think they're fantastic for identifying relationship patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked a lot about patterns and belief systems. You know, in the episode before, but I think they're fantastic. Or a couple episodes back, um, I think they're fantastic though for being able to see like, oh. I may have, not always, but I may have the tendency to fall into this pattern, this energy, you know, especially when I'm stressed or I'm whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's just good to know because then it kind of is a commentary on maybe what I need to do to pull myself out of that, you know, balance or what, where you can, yeah. Where you pull your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, archetypes, they help guide us to our highest potential yeah. through our soul contract. So yes. that would be, you know, what you were just saying is brilliant. Total soul contract, right? Like yep. between the two. Yeah. My husband and I have soul contracts up into the stars. Like yes. it's fascinating how it works out for each other. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So then it would help define, right? How we're going to, what we were just saying, how we approach our experiences, how they show up and then how we work with them. 
Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting to me. It is. I could so, go on and on. I know I could too. So we're going to, I'm, I'm going to go to what I, I'm going to go back to Carolyn Mace because okay. I have read from her and from many others that people kind of talk about four primary archetypes. So let's just bring that up. So she calls archetypes though, because when you go to look at, so she has four primary, but then when you go to look, there's like dozens and dozens of like subcategory categories. And so like the knight, the explorer, the princess, those are kind of like subcategories. Okay. That, that if I understand it correctly, right, Andrea are fall kind of under, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. So you can be, okay. Yeah. I'm going to help you out. (laughs) So if we, we can help each other out. So, you know, okay. You, you might say hermit. And when you think of a hermit, you think of someone who's dwelling alone, living alone, not coming out, not whatever, but sometimes mystics, can be hermits because they need to see. So the, the categories, the types of archetypes kind of, you have to wrap them together. You have to expand your mind a little bit when you're thinking about them. Right. Does that, did I say yeah, that in a way that was them, helpful, Jessica? Yeah, because some of them like complement each other or or mm-hmm. incorporate each other, right? So it's like, we're not, when I say knight and explorer, that's a real ultra simplification of something that's infinitely more complex, you know? Um, yes. So then you have all those categories, but then everyone has these next four types. Yes. Like, so only yes. some of us have this other list, but everyone. So we has have like these- twelve. Yeah. yeah, you have like twelve, but everybody has these four. Right. Okay. So and remember, this is really important: is that they act as energy guides to your highest potential. That's important. And so everyone has the same four primary archetypes, the child, victim, prostitute, and saboteur. And they symbolize major life challenges and how we choose to survive. Now, also important, because we've been talking about shadow and light, is that they are neutral in their energy and they're your most intimate companions and they're also impersonal energetic patterns. Can you explain okay, that so a little take bit a second. more? Yeah. Yeah. So the archetypes are neutral in their energy. They are not good or bad, shadow or light. They they're just neutral. are. Yeah. They just are. Okay. You, you may, really. I want to say that ahead. you may bring in energy and be triggered by the names of them though, right? Like. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about that for sure. Because. <laughs> We're 100%. Hang with us, everybody. So when we say like your most intimate companions, if we think about it, if you're defining yourself for this, for the purpose of this episode, (laughs) we're going to define ourselves by our archetypes, knowing we all have the same four primary ones that I just listed. And then there are another, you know, there's 12 total. So whatever it is, yours is Explore and visionary. Of course, mine is visionary, of course. Um, my mother, my I would have to be the mother archetype. So those just is who I who we are. That's why they're intimate to who you are. And then they're also, again, they're neutral. So they're impersonal energetic patterns, right? The pattern of the teacher. 
It's the pattern of the teacher. It's impersonal. How it shows up for you makes it a close to you companion. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you and I both have a teacher archetype, Jessica, but I think it expresses itself similarly yet different. Right. Okay. So that's why it's impersonal and yet the way it shows up for each of us personal. Yeah. And I think this will make more sense about these four primary archetypes that we all have, like when we, as, yeah. as we describe them. So let's just take them one at a time. Do you want to start with the child, Andrea? Yep. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she just, she flipped where I was bus. going. Yeah, she did. She flipped where I was going. That's okay. Um, so, so the child represents innocence. Okay. And there's lots of different childs. So think about what a child brings in, brings in creative thought, And it's the beginning point. It's where we start our lives. And the child archetypes helps develop our perceptions of life, safety, nurturing, family, and loyalty. But they can also have, that is a lot. And they, but they can also have um, other expressions, right? Like if I I understand correctly, like a wounded version of it, right? Yes. The magical child. I would 100% 100% when you were talking about your husband and the knights, I was obsessed with magic. Oh, I love right? that. All the time. So the magical child and the one who's, you know, I was talking to fairies in the field. I mean, right. Mm-hmm. So wounded child, magical child. We have the abandoned child, um, which can show up and that can show up, you know, the loss of a, a loved one when you're young, uh, the dependent child, nature child. I think of you, Jessica, <laughs> when I think of the nature child. <laughs> Um, the divine child, the innocent child, right? So all the iterations of the archetype of the innocence of the child. Mm -hmm. And then these different iterations show up in response to situations we encounter while coming of age. It's really that simple. So the child archetype is about learning dependency and responsibility. What is healthy dependency? When do you go with a family group? And when do you stand up to it? That's huge. These are huge. Like each one of they, these could be an episode. Huge. <laughs> they really could. I recommend therapy for everyone to explore your archetypes. <laughs> so, so the the child. Just to recap, the child is one of the four primary that we all have. So you're all going to yes. have some form of the child in your life as an archetype. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. the other one. Um, the second one is the victim, which talks a lot about self-esteem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, you know, this idea of like, is it worth giving up your own sense of empowerment um, to avoid taking responsibility for your independence? Right. That's an idea that goes with the victim. It's yeah. sort of like the guardian of your personal boundaries. Like, and if y'all, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm laughing, yeah. Jessica. <laughs> Guardian of personal boundaries. Um, that's a big one for, I think, everyone, right? Personal boundaries. And, and would you think of the victim as the guardian of self-esteem? Because it is. But people yeah. think of the victim as I'm a victim, not necessarily that it's tied to self-esteem. Well, you know, it can be a symbol or a weakness or a symbol of strength, depending on how you interact with it and express it in your life, right? That's that's with all of these. Yes. Like they're going to work yes. for you and they're going to work against you. It just really depends on where you're at and and what the um, environment too. These are affected by the environment around us, right? And the way that we, yes, and the way that we perceive it. Right. And the way that we perceive it and experience it 100%. So and that's so, what we talked about in the beliefs episode. Right. So again, it's Mm -hmm. showing up. It's showing up. And all of these things we're talking about this season kind of work with each other. Like they all do. 
they're like different ways to understand yourself, right? Different ways to empower yourself. So you're going to find that you're going to see this, this theme throughout the season where mm-hmm. it's not just working with one of these, it's working with all of them. Know, well, that's the them. point. Yeah. All of them are the ones that resonate with you the most and maybe just touch on them and then each of them and stick with the one that, that you feel leads you to understanding yourself the best at this time. But let me tell you, that'll change. Right? It will. It's always well, evolving. It I, will change. I, I think of it like a soul toolbox, right? Like your soul's journey toolbox. I was laying in bed. Yes couple nights ago pondering this episode and and usually as I start to drift off spirit drops like the best little nuggets in and they dropped this visual in of like an actual toolbox and it had like a hammer and a screwdriver and a saw and a wrench and the message was you're going to use a hammer to pound the nail into the wall you'd never use a wrench or a saw to do that job but but the hammer doesn't do the job of the saw and the saw doesn't do the job of the wrench and you need all of the tools to make a full toolkit and our 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 spiritual journey we need all of the tools to make a full kit right like if we just rely on one tool it, it's not going to fit every situation every no. experience every moment in life so you want to have multiple tools in that toolkit that you can access at any point in time so belief mm-hmm. systems and understanding what those are that's a tool archetypes are a tool right cards yes. are a tool all of these things are tools i love tools i love toolboxes i mean yeah. you need to and like okay not really that again is not me that's your um, husband's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's my spiritual toolbox is very large and I'm going to always keep filling it when I can. So we're jumping back. Well, this is not back. This is all the same into archetypes. So the next one for the four primary is um, called the prostitute. I got all fired and, up with this one. I'll let you talk. Yes, she did. Do you, well, no. Do you want to? Well, let, okay. I'll tell about the prostitute and then we'll talk about why we're fired up about it. Okay. All right. Like she, Jessica called me when I was on a walk, losing her mind. Okay. Walking my dog. Here we go. So the prostitute is your guardian of faith, right? So it comes into play most clearly when our survival is threatened. And the core issue of the prostitute archetype is how much are you willing to sell of yourself for the sake of security? So it tests your faith. And if you have faith in yourself and your ability to take care of yourself, then no one can buy you. And if you do not have that faith, you will meet a price that one day you can't turn down. And that price may be your integrity. It might be your intellect, right? Your word, your soul, any of those things. So I would say, are you in an unhealthy relationship or job? Are you staying in a toxic environment? What is it costing you? And the other one I find really interesting about this, because I know people like this, are you a name dropper? When you're talking to people, are you saying, well, I know so-and-so and so-and-so. I have a couple of people in my life like that and it always triggers me. And I never thought about why it triggered me. But now I'm going, oh, well, it's that side of the archetype. So Jessica is needs to unleash. I can... <laughs> I do get a little fired up about this one. I mean, because this archetype, when you're using the word prostitute, it it just seems really outdated. That word, the word choice, right? Outdated and challenging because I think it's really insulting to sex workers, like the description of it. Like, you know, and I get really fired up when I read it. Like, I think there would be a connotation. 
Well, it's the it's, connotation it's, that society has put on. You're correct. You're absolutely right. If you want to be a sex worker, hey, you have, do your have thing. It. Have at it. Like I, I, I feel Make like some good money. Right. I, I feel but, like this is, this is. I mean, I understand. Like, you know, like what are you? But the way they phrase it, like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Like, no, I get that. But like, can we find a different? Can we find a different word for that? Like, yes. rather than the I prostitute. Think, what did like, we? What were we talking about? No, I agree with you. Because in the thing, it's also societal and cultural norms that are put on from the beginning of time about the word prostitute. It is. And it drives right? me nuts. Because like, it drives me I nuts. know. We almost didn't, but we couldn't leave it out. We couldn't leave out a forming arc because we all have that. So what did we say? What what was the thing you said? I, I thought it should remember. be labeled like the sellout, like the okay. sellout, like selling out. Because I think we can like, because I don't believe that prostitutes are selling out like do you know do you see what i'm saying like i don't think sex workers yeah, no, are no i don't out. either so i don't either i think the more accurate of this is like either the sacrificer or the sellout because because that then is saying you're you're you know you're faithing yourself to, for the sake yeah. of security you're selling out Listen. you're selling yourself out for security i think that's a better term and and then it doesn't fire me up so much and i know when I have done it yes. and I, you know, like what we all do every single one of it. Again, remember it's, it's, it's about your integrity, your intellect, right? Your word. When do you give your word and then you break your word that ties into this archetype. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's I talk about my moment. Oh, <laughs> I, I know. My I, moment. <laughs> your moment was important. Your, I fully support your moment. I'm all in. <laughs> Okay. So let's go to this one is, I have a whole new take on this one, is the saboteur. And listen, you know how you sabotage yourself, everybody. So the saboteur is about choice. And the core issue is the fear of inviting change into your life. Fascinates me. Do you want to talk about this more, Jessica? Yeah, this archetype, I think, of the four is the most connected to your ability to survive in like the physical world, right? Yeah, you know, this is yeah. like your fears of being without food or basic needs in life. You know, that's where the challenges really rise with this archetype. Mm -hmm. um, but it also can serve you in a more positive way with this idea of gut instinct, you know, directing you to take action, using your intuition rather than rational thought. Like, so there, there mm -hmm. are positive things about it, you know, but I think if the fear of inviting change in your life is an issue uh, is, is the issue and, and life is always changing, right? Life is always oh, right. Changing. I mean, so, life is always changing. So you've got to deal with this. You have to deal with it. So I think you can choose to respond to the changes with choices influenced by your intuition, your spiritual understanding, things like that, you know, where yeah. then this would be a more positive expression. Then we're working in the light and not in the shadow rather than kind of falling so, into that, like sucking hole of like, this will never work out. <laughs> you know yes. I mean? I'm self-sabotaging myself. And we've all, we've yeah. all used those words. Um, I'm just trying to decide, you know, time. We're good. I'm going to, I'll share a quick story. Uh, I was, oh, I don't know. It was a couple of years ago and I was working in my Akashic records and I was working with a teacher in the Akashic records and my saboteur showed up. Like I saw it. It was so cool. I've never experienced anything like that. So the saboteur shows up. I'm looking at it. 
I remember exactly what it looked like. I'm not going to describe it because yours may not look like that. Okay. So I'm start having this conversation with the saboteur because I was working on health. All right. Because every few years I have some big health thing that puts me down. So I'm like, what, you know, what is going on? So long story short, the saboteur shared with me that it keeps me down to protect me, right? It was protecting me, right? So I was like, what? I'm protecting you. You can only go so far out. And then every few years, you know, I, I pull you back in. That's not, I actually wrote it down. I don't remember what it was exactly. But then goes on, explains all this. And I went, interesting. So we had a little chat and I said, thank you so much for trying to protect me. However, they were sabotaging me, right? Mm -hmm. So I explained that their form of protection by affecting my health was in no way helpful and that we needed to find another way to allow the change in my life without fear that would put me down. Right. And Interesting. It was very open to that conversation. Now, I have not done a great job of continuing that conversation. <laughs> because human in life. Because human. But I also can just feel it. Now it's like I feel it going, oh, you're doing it again. Like even though it's it's the saboteur's job, right? Of either working for me or against me. Mm-hmm. When it's still working against me, I can feel it telling me. I'm working against you. You right. have to make that change. It's right. fascinating. It was fascinating to me. It is. Fa- it's like really, truly understanding yourself and how you move through the world. Yeah. And then seeing it as a way for understanding yourself spiritually as well, right? Like both the human and the spiritual side of it, right? I think it's a really mm-hmm. fascinating, fascinating tool um, for sure. And I think that that's, that's how it helps you, right? Like that, it's, they do, they do help you, um, you know, in what ways, when you think about an archetype and you can think about the four that we explained a little bit more in detail or some that you may, you may know you are. Um, and then how does the shadow side of the archetype influence you? And how does the light side of the archetype influence you? And Jessica went over that a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, when talking about the night, how that can be too much self-sacrifice. Yeah, at the cost um, of yourself. And your I always, opinion. yeah, I always like to, I think of the judge because for me, it's just an easy, so I'm sure we all have a little bit of judge archetype in 100%, us. 100%, you know? yeah. Yeah, for better or for worse. And so when I, I like to just switch the words. So when I'm, and when I'm working in the shadow side of my judge, and let me tell you, I have a strong judge. Um, I am, I'm judging things. I have an opinion. Okay. So Mm -hmm. if I am working in light in my judge, then I'm using my discernment, right? So I'm either judging something and using my judgment about whether it's good for me, bad for me, whatever, or I'm in the light side of it. And I'm using my discernment to know if it's good for me, bad for me. I just think those are easy words to understand, to switch judgment and discernment. Yeah, I agree. Like when I'm in my explorer and really in that energy, it means I'm breaking new ground. I'm discovering new things. I'm curious. I'm moving forward. That's when I'm in the light side of it. Right. But the shadow side comes up when I just decide to like 
break up camp and go because it's uncomfortable. Right. And I just oh, don't yeah, want to yeah. stay there anymore. Like as a tool of avoidance. Right. Yes. So there's exploring and, yes. to discover and exploring to avoid, <laughs> to, to avoid. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And so you have to so, look at both of those though, I think in order you to do. Yeah. And I'm hoping we're saying this in a way, everybody that makes it um, usable and tangible for you, because it's a we're topic. doing, it is a big topic. And the thing is, is that using, you know, being aware of archetypes influence in your life. And it's not that hard because I'm sure you all are reading or watching TV or something, you know, you know, you know, good cop, bad cop archetypes, right? That's just in every show. Um, but we're doing this to empower ourselves. That's, right. that's the, that's the point. It's, you know, how do you understand yourself spiritually? And I think that's the key ourselves <laughs> because yes. I think archetypes can turn into stereotypes if we're yes. misusing them. Right? I agree. If we're misusing them and then we make assumptions and we assume things about people. Then we're, because, we're judging and we're judging. Then we're right? using our judge right? uh-huh, in shadow things, you know, so archetypes can be wielded as a tool of empowerment. And they can be yes. wielded as a tool of destruction. And you have to be really careful with that because a lot of times when you see archetypes out there in the spiritual world, um, they've lost some of that empowerment and they've moved a little bit more into destruction. And, and destruction can look like tearing other people down or judging other people or making assumptions about other people, but it can also be damaging to ourselves. It can be a tool that can actually yes. work against you because you can, you can put yourself in a box and say, well, I'm this archetype. So I'm just like this and I can't change it, which no, 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 no friends. <laughs> you can always <laughs> shift things. You can yes. always change things. This isn't like inevitable just because you're a princess or you're a queen or you're a hermit or you're whatever doesn't mean that you can't shift within that archetype. This isn't the end all be all, right? So, no, so please for sure. do not use this as a tool of destruction for other people, but please do not use it as a tool of destruction for yourself by boxing no. yourself in and making excuses for shadow behavior that, that uh, you know, like. Right. You know <laughs> what? That reminds me, that's, let's use the queen. That's just a good example. The queen archetype. Queens are, I don't know what just popped into your head when you heard the word queen, right? But queens are, they need to be responsible. They need to care for people, all of these things. If you are working in the light, if you are a queen working in shadow, you're going to get really upset when your food comes out in the restaurant cold and yeah. you're going to send that right back. So, yeah. you know, or something doesn't go your way. So I think it can be really clear sometimes about how you're interacting with whatever archetype it is. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then and you, you can use that knowledge to make changes. Yep. Hopefully. Right. Right. So that you, you find this balance, I guess is what we're saying, right? Like you find this balance. So I think that, you know, looking at it, let's just recap because it is a complicated t- subject. We archetypes are used in literature, media, film, because there is a, it's a universal expression of energy, right? Like we're able yes. to communicate something clearly, very easily that, that universally, no matter where you live in the world, 
right? They, there are universal meetings and, and symbols that we all instantly understand. Every culture has the hero or the heroine, right? Every yes. culture has, you know, so it's something that we can, that makes, creates a universal language. Okay. You have four primary archetypes that we all have the child, the victim, the saboteur, and for Andrea and myself, uh, the sellout, or if you're there, reading there we books, go. the prostitute. Um, so we all have those. And then there are other archetypes that we're not going to have every single other archetype. I'm not, we're not no. going to be the whole list, but like no. I said before, it's, it's like the queen, the knight, the princess, the hermit, mm-hmm. the visionary, the explorer, there's all these subcategories. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're beginning to say, okay, this archetype thing is really fascinating to me. And I want to start on it. I think the easiest way to start working on it is just to look at the four primary ones that we all have. Don't you think that that is the easiest approach? And and once you start mm-hmm. and and don't work on do. them all at the same time. No, it's too overwhelming. <laughs> it's too overwhelming. Pick one and like hang out with it for a while, you know, and really examine it and see how it comes up in your life. Explore it. Be aware. Just creating that openness, right? Like, okay this is what I'm focused on. And how does this play out in my life? Right. It's not a sit down for an afternoon and figure out it's an observation, right? I would yes. it, it will take time. And then when you feel like that feels pretty good, then you go on to the next one and then the next one and the next one. And you might even want to go back because as you go through each one, right, Andrea, you're going to, it's going to shift. It's going to shift and you're going to discover it's going to kind of like layers of an onion. You peel off one and you're which like, is, oh. <laughs> you know? which is good. I hope it shifts because if it, it shifts, you're doing your work. You're doing your work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're doing and your work. that, and you're doing your work is under, understanding yourself, mm-hmm. right? More fully, your spiritual side. And then when it shifts and you have a greater understanding and you see where it's holding you back and where it can help you, then I'm going to say clap, right? Yeah. Round of applause. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know what we really. should do? Let's do an extended yeah. episode about let's this. Let's do it. Andrea, let's walk, we go let's in walk and everybody you, through. Well, we'll walk you, we'll walk you through it so that it's a little bit more clear and we'll have a little bit mm-hmm. more time. So if, if you're interested in, in, diving into this and really understanding how to work with archetypes a little bit more. We're going to do an extended episode. All you need to do is sign up for our newsletter at adventureswithspirit.com slash newsletter and um, put your name in there. And this extended episode will appear when um, will appear in the newsletter. We'll make sure that there's a link to it there. It's just for our newsletter subscribers. Um, We do this throughout the seasons. We release extended episodes that are really just for our news. And sometimes they're meditations. Sometimes they're like little baby workshops. Like this one, I think it has a feeling of it's going to be, this is, a, this could be a whole workshop. <laughs> you know? yeah. We're going we're to dive in there. And, um, and by being on our newsletter, you get access to that. It's like our gratitude. Like, thank you so much for following us. You know, here's a, a gratitude. Yeah. So there's we'll no cost. There's no nope. cost for it. We are just sharing. We're just going deeper. We're sharing with you. So, yep. Archetypes, if you could say one thing about archetypes, Andrea, what would you say before we, before we leave? One thing, Mm -hmm. um, I would say really, if you feel that you are a certain archetype or we're even talking about the four primary ones, pay attention to how they show up for you right? Helping you or how they show up, not helping you. And then use what you know about yourself and the energy of that archetype to 
shift it into a higher perspective, right? Because this is a tip, remember, to how you work through your soul contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, archetypes are a generalization, right? And remember with any generalization, they really don't come to life until you start soul searching on your own and diving in them into them for yourself. So I would say, if you're really interested in archetypes, don't just read a book and be like, oh, I know about archetypes. No, you got to apply it. You got to really work with it, or it can actually turn into one of those tools of destruction rather than tools of empowerment. So I I would encourage people to not just read about it, but if you're going to really dive into this, to spend the time uh, working Mm -hmm. through it and seeing how it's showing up in your own life first um, before, you know, trying to apply it to those people around you. So, mm-hmm. and then use it, use it in a good way. Use it in a good way. All right. So that is it. So that's our episode that's on it. archetypes. Um, Extended episode to come. And the explorer that Jessica is says, go have an adventure today. <laughs> you didn't know you were saying that. So I said it for you. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of today's Adventures with Spirit. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'd love it if you left a review. Visit our website at adventureswithspirit.com to subscribe to our newsletter, submit a question, check out classes, and schedule your own personal reading with us. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures with Spirit Official for more inspiring content. Here's to being adventurous. <laughs>